Moms Without Time podcast. It's all too much and not enough at the same time. Hello and welcome to Moms Without Time podcast, a show where two moms share their own experiences, thoughts, ideas, and tips on all things being a mom. I'm Melissa, mom of two beautiful girls. And I'm Monica, mama of one. Come listen in and be part of our conversation where we discuss the hard stuff, the fun stuff, and the not-so-talked-about stuff. Motherhood is a tremendously rewarding and beautiful journey, and we want to share it with you. So don't stop what you're doing. Just pop those headphones in, get ready to pick up some toys, wash bottles, or start your pump sesh. Whatever you choose, be part of the conversation by listening in, joining us on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Without Time. Be sure to send us a DM if you have any thoughts or questions, and head over to our website, momswithouttime.com, for more information and our everyday resources. And 
good to hear that you are taking care of yourselves and doing projects on your own because I am about to, I'm going to finish a project of my own, which is finishing school, my master's program. Not until the end of the year, so I still have some tech time to go, but I'm getting closer to being done, and I'm really excited about that because I've realized that I've been in school a little too long. You know, I feel like you did finish school now. Like, yeah. Sarah did. I feel like you did. And you feel that way because you didn't have to do the homework. Yeah. So, <laughs> I feel like... And I went through mine, I was like, oh my God, this is taking forever. I'm messaging my, my advisor every single semester, like, it, am I done yet? Mm -hmm. So she finally, this semester, was like, yeah, you'll be done in the fall unless you want to take an extra course in the summer, and then you'll be done in the summer. But I'm going to take it easy and yeah. make sure I'm done in the fall because yeah. the purpose of the entire degree was for me to make sure that I maximize the resources that I'm, you know, all the learning that I can, yeah. I'm just not like busy working and stuff like that. Yeah. So I've been kind of going at it slow, mm -hmm. even though you feel like I mean, it has gone fast too because it wasn't a very like hard degree plan. Mm -hmm. It's just I've been taking one or two classes a semester yeah. because now I have a kid and mm -hmm. I, juggling that was just it became has become a lot. Now they're moving me from every single oh, for sure. And you work, yeah, and I work, so yeah. that's my that's my project. Oh, awesome. really happy, yeah. We are working on big things and doing awesome. Good girl. All right, so um, today we're talking about play, baby play. Fun stuff. I think we all, before we become moms, this is what we envision a lot of the times us seeing mm -hmm. us do with our kids, which mm -hmm. is like playing with them and yeah. like engaging with them and, and enjoying the fact that they're going to be laughing and making memories. And so I think this is like a fun, more fun. The stress free. Yeah. I, I mean, they're all like kind of. Yeah. Uh, not for me. <laughs> Moms, we're the weirdest. Like, we stress so much about things. Like, who knew that a mom could stress over playtime? No, seriously. I, and I do, I will say, this is probably the biggest area that you'll see, like, on Instagram. A lot of people mm -hmm. use this as their niche because play is is also their, their way of uh, their kids learning. Yeah. You know, play with the Montessori, they call it, like, you know, is a child's work. Mm -hmm. So yeah. the fact that they're playing with something is just not to entertain the baby, and I think that's why we put pressure because they need to be learning and they yeah. need to be maximizing the resources that we can get to them so that they become geniuses. So yeah. I think that it, even though it is a stress-free time, we do put a lot of pressure on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember when Maya was first born, um, I always, well, okay, so I'll say this. Maya, her temperament, her personality, is that she's always been super busy. Yeah. And you'll probably hear me say that a lot because I think I'm like a little pumped up. She still is, She is a busy body. She loves just doing things. She's very physical. And um, our pediatrician for her used to um, laugh at her because she'd always do baby crunches. As a newborn, wow. she would be trying to sit up and like literally do crunches, like, you know, a little, like a little baby crunch. But she was always just always on the move and um i thought like is there something wrong with her because she does not want to be in one place at, at more longer than five minutes so when she was a newborn i literally had little stations for her mm -hmm. to keep her entertained and after five minutes she'd be like whining that she was done with it and so i had to chase her and do something else you know and i'm like what is up with these babies that can sit in one place you know mm -hmm. for like an hour, 30 minutes to an hour, sometimes yeah. longer, and my child never, never did that. Yeah. And so, not that I felt that there was something wrong with her, but just, like, why is she so 
Am I doing something wrong with offering whatever? Are the toys a problem? Am I not yeah. buying like the right toy? Or no, yes. She's busy body. She's busy body. And yeah. Julia's not not so much like her. She's still busy, but definitely she she can stay engaged in one thing a little bit longer. Like yeah. Maya was never like that. Nippy's just like Maya in that in that yeah. aspect because well she, even though she her she's more relaxed and more calm and mm-hmm. when she plays it's not very like all over the place. Mm-hmm. She does it is very fast paced. Doesn't you know plays with an activity and does it a couple of times and then she's over it. Yeah. When she's mastered it and I realize like okay she's mastered it. It she doesn't actually like uh, that sounds so weird but she doesn't get gain the enjoyment of seeing the fact that she's done done it. Mm-hmm. It just it's a cue for her to move on. Oh she's like I'm <laughs> done with this. Check it out my checklist. Yes. She's just like you. <laughs> she's just like me. So. Adding points, uh-huh. yeah, and it's crazy because I have to work from home, and unfortunately, even though my ideal play for her would be that she could sit there and do something for thirty minutes, yeah, um, it looks more like about two to five minutes, and then she's ready for the next day. Yeah, so yeah. It, it it becomes a lot, yeah. yeah, it becomes a lot when she wants to go up and down, you know, some plays where I can't visually see her, yeah. and I have to be chasing her, yeah. Yeah, so as a, as a newborn, um, I did have little stations for Maya. I think my favorite thing that we had of hers was that little, is a little piano. Yes. It's a little piano that they can kick, and it has the little um, arch that mm-hmm. has hanging toys from it. And that thing, we it's going to be like our number one like favorite baby newborn it, item. It is still, yeah. Um, newborn to like, you know, six months and beyond, but um, it's so versatile. Like, there's so much you can do with it. Um, as newborns, you can put her on tummy time, put them on tummy time so that they can be um, looking at the, the different colors and the music, um, put them on their back. They can use um, the piano to kick. It's just so, so neat. I, w- I would put her on a little, um, like a wedge pillow yeah. um, and put her on tummy time on top of there, even, even you know, a few weeks old um, so that she could start doing a little bit of hand support. Mm-hmm. Um, month, two months, and once she started to hold her head up a little bit, she would like look around and look at the colors going. But that little piano was amazing. I loved it. There's a lot of different philosophies when it comes to playtime, like what type of toys people need to offer their children. And I don't think like the piano is still my favorite, and I don't think that it will hinder them yeah. develop, develop, developmentally when they're mm-hmm. using it. Although it does have a quite a very annoying sound to it. Wait, wait, wait! wait. What's the song? How does the song go again? I'm trying to remember. The monkey and the lily. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I could, I could, I could hear that song in my sleep for yeah. so long. You know? I would, I would sing it without yeah. it being with on. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. without it being on, I would be, be singing it. Yeah. It's just like encanto right now, all over again. <laughs> Um, but the problem is, well, that's not a problem with it. The fact that the fact is that when they're newborns, they need something to stimulate them. Yeah. And even even our so our, our voices can be soothing mm-hmm. to them, and yeah. it can put them to sleep. Yeah. And I'm not like discouraging that we talk to our babies. Mm-hmm. Definitely do that. But sometimes they do need a little more outside and external yeah. source to, to be able to motivate yeah. them. Especially when they're learning to do um, tummy time, where yeah. they kind of lift their head up and positioning a lot too. Um, like you could put them on your laps and facing, uh, like um, like an incline on your on your lap towards your knees, or even like looking at you on on, your, on their tummy, on your tummy. Mm-hmm. That way, you can have like little conversations with them because they do like to look at your face and they like to talk to you a little bit. So there's yeah. different things. And, when, and at that time, they have that visual, you know. The, the, their vision is different from us, so they mm-hmm. can do the high contrast. And so you can put the cards if you don't want to do the very obnoxious piano. Yes, yeah. those very nice calming 
contest cards and mm-hmm. things pop up. But at that time, I would say, like, looking back, I think it was the most enjoyable time of play just because, like, you realizing how much they're working. Like, yeah. you know, the fact that they're lifting up their head and then when they finally do for that seven-minute mark, mm-hmm. you know, that was a lot of work for the baby. So yeah. it, it's really nice to see how fast they can they learn and catch and learn. up yeah. on all that stuff. Yeah, so, as like, I guess with the newborn period, there's um, not a lot you can do with, like, going outside and just, like, letting them be, you know? Mm-hmm. Letting them, like, go under some shade and look at the trees and look at the sky. Like, mm-hmm. all of that is so new to them. Everything is so new Everything to them. Everything is new. Like, nothing, you can't go wrong with play with the newborn yeah. stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, because their sensory is, you know, that's where they're tightened the most. They're mm-hmm. taking everything in. Yeah. They're, what is it called, the absorbent mind. Mm-hmm. So they're taking everything in, everything that you expose them at this time. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to capture it all. And, yeah. and the more senses you use, the better. Like I think with my, I used to play, um, as starting as a newborn, I used to do the head, shoulders, knees, and toes song with her. And I just kept doing that. And those are like the first things that she learned, <laughs> like as a body part, yeah. you know? Um, but like I would touch her, I would lay, lay, uh, lay her down on the bed, and I would touch her head, and I'd go head, shoulders, knees, and toes, and like just touch her, you yeah. know, her body parts, and she loved it for like so long. Um, it's so different with Juliet. Like sometimes I, I just feel like I didn't have the same one on one time, of course, because I have you know Maya now, right. um, and I rarely did that song with her, and it makes me sad because it was a I, I have that those memories of Maya. I have new memories of Juliet, of course, but like. I wish I would have done that with her a little bit more. Yeah. But like I would I really wanted with Helen was that she would be a musically inclined baby. <laughs> Not necessarily like needs to pick up an instrument at one year old, but like I really wanted her to enjoy music. Um, Victor's family really loud and they love music and we're pretty much music is playing everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, consider myself a very yeah. musically inclined person mm-hmm. and Victor as well. So I used to put rattles around her and I would shake each rattle and each rattle has like a different sound that mm-hmm. it makes and so I feel like presenting that even as a newborn yeah. really helped her like enjoy music because yeah. now we use the Alexa she's always like dancing to music and I it doesn't it. bug her. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I think um, we, we we laugh because Maya's going to be our physical gymnast <laughs> all type of like activity um, child and Juliet, Juliet's going to be our artist <laughs> she's gonna she loves music too and she's very um i think just like i guess not loud and mannered but like she's just less physical and more looking at like artistically type of stuff yeah, you know observant yeah you know like exploring too because i yeah. feel like when when they i've noticed that with millie like she's very like wants to know what's there yeah and then she doesn't need to be told how to use that. She'll figure it out. Yeah. I think I've seen that with Juliet. Like, so she's mm-hmm. gonna play with what she wants. To oh play yeah, with. we got a little drum set for for Maya for her Christmas present this year, and Juliet plays with it a lot more. I love that. Yeah, so she will sit there and she holds the drumstick the right way, oh, and she like can keep a tempo. And she's like only fourteen months, so I gotta nurture that. You know, yeah. we gotta we gotta we gotta watch our kids and see what they're interested in, mm-hmm. and like nurture that kind of stuff so that they can you know, excel in it, because, yeah. like, Maya being physical, we put her in gymnastics, 
because we wanted her to nurture that aspect of her in her personality. And so we hope to do the same thing with Juliet. And I think, so in the newborn stage, we are observing our children, but we want to make sure that they're feeling safe. Mm -hmm. You know, so mm -hmm. it's a lot of like watching them and make sure that they're safe and protected and, and that they're not, um, you know, hurting themselves trying to do this or do that. But whenever it's start time for them to be like three to five, four, five, six months, it's a lot of observing to see what their interests are because they do show interest so early on. Yeah. Like Lily has always loved books, always mm -hmm. has loved books. Mm -hmm. and. And I've always made sure that I read to her mm -hmm. very often. So reading is part of our play. Yes, it is not yes. necessarily like this one thing that you do and check off your list yeah. just to make sure you like have a reader in your house. But she just uses that as a playtime. So um, I always set book a book in front of her and I would be next to her and then do tummy time and read that to her yeah. and flip the page. And now it has changed to her flipping the pages mm -hmm. on her own. And now there's the peekaboo books where you lift the flap and she's mm -hmm. like, and so I think that a lot of people don't think about toys. Like books, books are a major like, play item. Yeah. Cause like I am such a big um, fan, I guess, or like I, I, I recommend for everyone to read a book a day to their mm -hmm. kids. We don't do it so much as, uh, as much anymore, um, but with Maya we do it every single day. And we're doing better with it with both of them now. Um, but reading a book a day, I think it introduces like so many different new words to them at an early age. Um, I will say like Maya, um, she was a little bit speech delayed and we did have her in speech therapy for a little bit. Um, but now that she's kind of got past the little hump of like trying to figure out the words, yeah. her speech is like really, really good now. And she's like knows so many words and yeah. I'm just like sometimes she amazes me at some of the things that she says and I'm like how you know and I just I just think that books are such a big part of that yeah you know? yeah and I think it also like it's the fact that we were observing the interest in that mm -hmm. because like I have noticed um Millie will pick up a book because not because I've introduced it to her but because she has the like the interest in interest wanting in, yeah. to see it and it, it doesn't always have to look where you every time she picks up a book that you have to go and read that book to your baby. It just means that you can allow them to explore the book on their own. Yeah. And even if they're doing it, quote unquote, the wrong way, they, that is play and that yeah. is exploration and that does serve, um, helps them out. You yeah. know, it, eventually they'll pick up a book when they know how to yeah. read and really want to, to explore it in that way. Yeah. So, yeah. Jonathan, my husband's an avid reader. Like, he, he has a ridiculous amount of books that is like, People say you can never have a book, enough books, but I think we have enough books. <laughs> we literally got like um, shelves and shelves and shelves and bookshelves of books. Um, and so he's always been um, looking forward to the day mm -hmm. when um, he can read with his kids, you know. And Maya will now grab a book and pretend to read it, you know. And I know all the kids go through that, but it's just so cool when you see your kids go through that, yeah. you know. Like, so she grabs a book and she'll pretend to read it, or she's got it like some of it memorized and she'll say it. Um, she'll like go through and at least when she looks at she'll the picture, the she'll talk about the picture, she'll tell the story. Yeah. And it's so cute. It's so cute like watching that. her do that. So I know, I think Millie's going to be doing that same thing too. And I think that with that being said, it's, it's good that Maya has it available to her. So one thing that's really important to play is that you have it accessible, mm -hmm. all the toys accessible for them yeah. to grab when they want to. Yeah. So I think it makes it hard for you to, um, box everything out, you know, box everything in whenever they're in nap time and they come out and realize, it's, oh, it's the clean environment, yeah. but there's nothing to be able to go and just grab when they yeah. want to. So I think that you did this a lot, and then I 
do this a lot is where we have our tools available for them at like that, you know, we, so that they can reach it, yeah, so that they can high. go to it. I mean, if it's a toy that is, you know, big and needs to be put together, hopefully that mm-hmm. it's in, with enough reach and that they can do that on their own yeah. and not always depend on us, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of the times too, as they're growing, they're learning to be a bit more so self-sufficient yeah. and they want to be able to explore on their own and they want to let them yeah. on their own. This is one of the things that I feel like um, I think came naturally to me. I don't think I researched play as much as I researched other things about mm-hmm. motherhood, like, you know, feeding and sleep and things like that. Um, play was a little bit more natural to me. So when, when Maya was little, I started like setting up things for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and like making things something that she could reach and um, having different areas in the in the house yeah. in every room that she could have access to mm-hmm. you know and it wasn't until later that I'm like oh this Montessori thing is kind of cool you know like yeah, they look similar yeah <laughs> but that kind of I mean I still learned a lot from it too I'm not like 100% like a Montessori mom right. at all by any means actually but you know there's a lot of it that I really like about it um, but yeah it was, it was it's been really cool to see like how your space transformed even according yeah. to their age yeah so yes talking about that like I remember with Millie we'd have a crack and play and you probably mm-hmm. had that with Millie every mm-hmm. time like where you put them in play in the crack and play yeah. and then actually they outgrew that spot mm-hmm. and now they're wanting to scoot so you're moving yeah. them to the floor and now they're keeping them in the living room yeah. and they're scooting and then eventually the mat becomes too small and now they need to be in the yeah because Millie has an entire room yeah. and she's done kicked us out and now uh-huh. only, I'm the only one in the room and maybe soon I'll probably be out of there too yeah. but they need a lot of space mm-hmm. and our space will evolve with those yeah. needs because one thing that I didn't realize is how unsafe my environment was for Millie mm-hmm. whenever I had her I had like beautiful um you know frames and decorations for Target that cost like $20 yeah, nobody's gonna break this, but then eventually Millie got to the age where she's gonna want to mess with that stuff, so they have fed away. Yeah, and yeah, I feel like um, our space evolved a lot too, even with Juliet. Um, I do wanna like just talk about how with my girls, we do prepare multiple spaces, and the reason I like that is because they um, get bored so easily, and so we will we'll go from one room to the next room, and then to the living room, um, kind of playing when they're done with one room I can tell mm-hmm. it's like time to move on because they're already leaving too yeah there. and there's like different toys in there that you know um, that they can play with each of their rooms has their own set of toys that are age appropriate for them mm-hmm. but they can still play with each other's toys yeah. you know in different ways um, so and then in the living room is like a general whatever they kind want. of a mix yeah a mix of whatever they want to play with too so um, I just I I, I just love sitting down and watching them mm-hmm. play. Mm-hmm. It's it's so so like you get to see their little brains work and their little personalities go. Like earlier uh, last night when Maya was in your in your uh, playroom, she was she grabbed a little bowl Yay. and there was a little ball in there. She's like, I'm making some soup, and it's like, oh my god, I love that. Yeah. And it's it's funny that you say that because I am a very like practical person and mm-hmm. I think that kind of is my, my setback sometimes when I cannot I mean Lily's not at the age to imagine and like do mm-hmm. anyway but I can never see that you know what yeah. I mean when I'm building or doing something like I trying to prepare trying to prepare for, yeah an environment so it, it's for me it's kind of have been harder to do that but what has made it easier is to follow the Montessori method and yeah. the philosophy 
philosophy of like, you know, making everything accessible mm-hmm. and make it look aesthetically pleasing for them. Because yeah. what aesthetically pleasing would look like for me would be different for what it would look like for maybe yeah. for Maya. And mm-hmm. I'm, I was really, I, it caught my attention. I was really happy that she yeah. saw it that way because I'm like, I, I was just seeing a bowl with balls. Yeah. You know? And she was stirring it and making some soup and, and offering it.
to learn how to just take the magnets off the fridge. And look at her shake her head. <laughs> She's like, how dare you? Um, so I went over there to try to show her, and she completely shut down. She didn't, we saw she, that she, she yelled at Yeah, she, she didn't want nothing it. else to do with it. Yeah. She was done with it. Yeah. So if you see your child independently playing yes. and they're trying to figure something out on their own, do not go disturb that. Yeah. You know, I think as moms, like, we want to, like, help, but they will figure it out, yeah. you know. Yeah. Of course, you can still show your children. I still, like, there are toys that you need to show them how to do. Um, but once you've shown them, like, let them pick, just explore and yeah. discover what to do, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I completely interrupted her yesterday, and she was not happy about it. <laughs> she did was not. No, she never went back to she it. She didn't. She didn't go back to it. Um, and that happens a lot. And one thing that we wanted to, I wanted to mention with that is that our kids, the sole purpose of play is not to make them an independent individual. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's what the Montessori thing that I practice a lot with is not it's, it talks a lot about independence, but it's not about them teaching to do it all on their own to the point where I don't have to do anything for them. It's more about being able to guide them through that transition, but also know that they have they have their own motivation. Like if you yeah. really wanted to, yeah. you have that ability to try the best that you can to to, to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. And so I like to see that with Millie. I feel like she has been very independent from the beginning because Millie doesn't like necessarily play with all her toys. She wants to play with all the the, the little stuff in the house. Yeah. So uh, Victor plays video games, so she'll play with the remote control, and she'll pretend now that she that she's playing the video game. So yeah. she'll hand it to me, and she's ready to play the video game. Or she'll go to the kitchen and pick up a cup. She sees her mom making coffee, so she will. Really and she's so it. young, and I didn't expect that that could yeah. be something that she does. But she's watching me do all of it, yeah. and she's learning, you know, to do it all on her own. That's know? one thing that I feel like. Um, we tend to do a lot is like we underestimate our kids yeah. and their abilities. Like there are some things that I'll take out that was Maya's old toy that she doesn't really pay attention to. I'll introduce it to Juliet and she's like, gets it right away. And I'm like, why didn't I introduce this sooner? And it's because I thought she wasn't ready for it. You know what I mean? Of course, there's uh, age appropriate toys, mm-hmm. um, but you can still like try to push that up a little bit to see if they can if they can do it. A lot of times. They'll really surprise you with what they know and yeah. what they can do. And it's a it's a fine line between what is age appropriate and what isn't because obviously there's toys that have smaller parts that yeah. might be fit for a baby who is still mouthing everything. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about when a toy seems to have a skill that our yeah. kids might not be ready for. That's when they surprise you. It's yeah. like oh, they knew how to put that together without mm-hmm. even teaching them yeah. sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's great. I think playtime is fun. Yeah. I'll say like. Personally, I struggle a lot with just keeping her busy, but I have to keep reminding myself that it's not about keeping her busy. It's more about like creating those moments that they need to be enjoyable. They do yeah. need to. She does need to learn, but she's gonna have her entire life to learn. Yeah. And I need to slow down. You know what I mean? So we're not gonna get. will provide you with a questionnaire at your checkups called the ASQ. It's the Ages and Stages Questionnaire. Um, so what I wish 
is that he would have gotten this ahead of time. You know, it's available online, so we can provide links to that. But if you if you can print out this questionnaire and do this as play with your kids, it'll help you know like this is what they're supposed to be doing. Because a lot of times you get to the to the doctor's office and you're like, oh, I don't even know that I should be doing this, or yeah. I don't even know if they can do this. Right. You, you don't want to mark off no for something that they might know how to do that you just never gave them the opportunity to do. Right. You know. So um, I wish I knew a little bit more about that. Um, now with Juliet, I'm definitely looking at it ahead of time and saying, oh, let's practice on this. You know. Mm -hmm. And so many times she can do it. Yeah. You know, I just didn't um, offer it to her before. Yeah. So um, that's a cool little tool that you can use um, to engage with your baby, spend one-on-one -on -one time with them, see if they can um, show those skills off, yeah. you know. Um, and then another thing is the um, the Wonder Loop. Do you want to talk about the, the loop that you have? Have we mentioned these? We haven't mentioned these to yeah. them, I don't think. No, because leaps has a lot to do with play, too, yeah. and what they learn. Yeah. So with leaps, so there's an app, Wonder Leaps, right? I know that there's a book, so I think mm -hmm. it's connected. And you set the uh, child's due date, mm -hmm. and then it will kind of tell you what the, those, the episodes that they might be in sensitive periods when they're, they're going through a transition. It's going to be a developmental learning curve that mm -hmm. they might be going through. So they're learning to maybe sit up, so now they might be a little fussy about that, but they're also in that sensitive period that they want to sit up more yeah. often. So obviously you're not going to have your child laying down and force them down every single time that they're trying to pull up. Yeah. And so it, it kind of helps and guides you and, and it helps you also to set up the environment for that type of mm -hmm. um, practice. Yeah. So I know that with Millie, the same thing, um, going through some of those leaps could be that she's, they, like the first few leaps are about vision, mm -hmm. you know, that they're being, you know, their vision is changing every day and they're, right now they're very interesting about uh, the contrast, mm -hmm. and so then you can play with your child about with yeah. the contrast cards because yeah. their vision is changing, and mm -hmm. then eventually it will lead to right now that they're you know uh, rolling back and forth, and so that could be implemented mm -hmm. in play. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's so much more that goes on in leaps, but yeah. with that connection of play, that yeah. is how your play will look like as they're going through that loop. Yeah. Right now, Millie's leap leap nine or eight, I think it's eight, mm -hmm. and she's learning to put all like a longer sequence. So mm -hmm. if you don't know what that sequence is about, like the steps or the process to get something done from yeah. A to Z. Mm -hmm. So right before this, uh, the sequencing was only one or two steps. So yeah. she would know brush your teeth meant grabbing the brush and putting it to her mouth. Mm -hmm. Right now she's learning that brush your teeth means putting in your mouth, moving it a couple of times mm -hmm. and now spitting out. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't actually spit out, but she's seen she's mama trying, do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so she's, she's getting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so she's learning those sequences, and you implement those in your everyday life, not just mm -hmm. with play, but most importantly play, because that is their work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't know a thing about leaps. I had no idea it was even a thing. Yeah. Um, until, like, I found out about it uh, <laughs> on all my research endeavors that I did. Because, um, like, a lot of my friends mm -hmm. never told me about it. Um, I think everybody sees them as, oh, my baby's really fussy today. You know, that's the thing, but that's literally what they're going through. Yeah. So when they have their fussy periods, it's because they're going through those developmental changes mm -hmm. in their brain, literally. Mm -hmm. And once those leaps are done, the fussy period is done, they are now capable of learning new things. Mm -hmm. And so the app is really cool. It just it teaches you what to expect, what you can do, how to play with them. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it helps you really, like, 
understand them or you're going through a hard time right now, this is when you're going through it and you can feel, let me not be frustrated with the fact that you are yeah. fussy. It, that has always helped it's me. It's a hard reminder that yes. this, your child is going through so much yeah. and learning so much and adapting so much. Mm -hmm. They're not being quote-unquote babies. Because we use that, like, stop being such a baby. Yeah. Like, our babies are being such babies for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. reminds me of that. Yes, it was very helpful for me. Like, they go through so much in their first year of life. Mm -hmm. Leaps, teething, regressions. Like, And it all seems to fall right after the other, <laughs> you never have like a normal. Once you feel like, oh, I got the hang of this, yeah. something it's happens. about two days and on the cloud <laughs> with, or whatever it is, a little sunshine uh -huh. day, and then like, like oh, what a joy you are today. Yeah, but it it helps a lot with learning how to play with your baby yeah. age appropriately. When mm -hmm. we, you know, going back to that because I wouldn't be trying to explain to Melly about the sequence of brushing your, your teeth at four months old. Yeah. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, obviously he's doing that, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, it just kind of helps you. If you don't even know where to start, um, how does play supposed to look like for a child? Mm -hmm. Using the app kind of helps you. It gives you examples on like, this is something that you can do peekaboo. Yeah. It's, a, it's not just a game. Yeah. It's, it's actually teaching them something. It's yeah. teaching them object permanence. Yeah. And so, I don't know. It's just amazing when I... Like, you and I, we just, we just love the research of it, and oh my gosh, we're such nerds. We um, but yeah, that's, I, I, I really like this topic. It's so much fun, and I've, I've, that's why one of the, the, going back to the cleaning thing, that's why I've always loved to like, people say nap when your baby naps, mm -hmm. and I never did, yeah. because I wanted to clean up the way she woke up, she had a food environment, right. you know, and that's like, you kind of have you have to balance yourself out and you know take care of yourself too. But I was always like very heavy on on play too. Like I wanted the space to be clean for her. I wanted her to come out so she could just throw all over again. Yeah. Clean before she went to bed so the next morning it was clean for her. Yeah. Um, gosh. And I see the differences between the way she reacts to her environment when things are prepared for her mm -hmm. in advance versus when things aren't. Because I have had those days where I'm like I'm. Too tired, tired. Yeah. and it all goes back to looking like crap. So why? But then I've noticed that she never once touched the objects that were on the ground because they were not. She was not interested in seeing something that was already destroyed, yeah. or the way it looked like wasn't appeasing to her. So she was moving on to maybe finding her own way yeah. to play. Versus when I do prepare the environment, she's just like gravitating to the thing that has, you know, piqued her interest. Interest yeah. in it. So. I will say, even though I am tired of picking up toys and it's only been a year, it, it's actually my, my most most favorite part of the night is when I go and put the toys back and I you know watch everything and I go back to what I observed that day and see, well, she didn't really necessarily play with the toy, it was untouched. Yeah. What can I do to pique her interest in this way? Yeah. So. All right. Mama. share that uh, my mom's guilt with play is probably very similar to the majority of moms is like feeling like we don't play enough with our kids um, we're such busy people and work and all these you know things that you have going on I feel like I don't get to play with them enough I mean I do work during the day when I get home I'm tired and I worry about cleaning when I shouldn't be worried about cleaning I should like spend more quality time um, playing I, I have gotten a lot better with my phone. I was, like, not playing with them and just 
they were there next to me and me on my phone, mm -hmm. you know? And so um, Jonathan's much better at that than I am, and he's always telling me, you know, things, and I'm like, yes. But he's right, you know, be pre like be present with your kids and put your phone up when you're playing, spend that quality time. I only get the three to four hours uh, yeah. that you're working all day, so yes. you need to be available. I've gotten a lot better with that. Um, I'm not on, on my phone as much, and I think my friends miss me. <laughs> I was mad at Melissa the other day. I was like calling her for something and she wasn't picking up and I'm like, how dare she not be available for me? She's probably just playing, you know, trying to be a good mom. How dare you be a good mom? So yeah, that's my mom because I feel like I don't play enough with them. And um, like, I guess specifically, they have, I have different guilt towards my daughters like in different ways. With Juliet, I have um, more guilt that I, like I don't do the same things I did with Maya, but Maya was the only child at that time. And now with Juliet, like I, it's, it's just different. Like I don't do the same things that I did with Maya, even though I still, you know, go and play with her. I don't have like a sensory activity for her that's catered just to her, ready for her, because it would take me some time to do that with Maya. Mm -hmm. um, and so but, you have to do it double and then yeah. also like have to think about how to step it up or elevate it yeah. for the older child. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to prepare myself and um, just, I want to remind everybody uh, that we are working moms, okay? <laughs> not that being a stay-at-home mom is hard, like easy, not, no, not, no, not no, no, no. It's that the, the time does get cut off to do that stuff. Yeah. So, for example, being with your mom guilt, um, I work from home, so mm -hmm. people do kind of have that pre that that sense of like oh you but you're at home yeah but it's like yeah, I am no. still having to work like I, if I don't do my work I won't get fired. Oh, a work from home mom is not the same as a stay at home mom. Yeah, 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 exactly. So even though I am there, I yeah. unfortunately do not have the time to be on the clock and do sensory activities with my little two. But you know what I'm saying. So it's just the same way, like how to do it. Well, that's my mom guilt. Yeah. By the way, like how to be present when I don't necessarily have the time, even though I'm physically there. Yeah. Because with Millie is that she sees me all the time. She's 100% with me all, all day, but I cannot be available for her all day. And that's probably harder on you. Like, I'm not home to, to see them. And they're probably having, like, with our sitter or with at school, I know that they're getting quality playtime mm -hmm. because those people are designated to give them their mm -hmm. time. And you're home and you're watching that. You know, and you're seeing her right there, and I'm sure you want to be there. You yeah, know, she's you know? making at my leg, and it's like yeah. I know you want to play whatever it is that you want to play with, but I can't do that just yeah. now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, my mom feel is it's kudos just, to you because you're doing both, and you're there with her, yeah. and it's hard. Uh, I think that either way, you leave, and then you miss out on those eight hours that I got to be with yeah. Millie, mm -hmm. but also I got all those eight hours with Millie, but maybe only four of those hours were truly. And I'm sure, like, for stay-at-home moms, they got their own way of, of feeling. And, and their mom go with that, too, because yeah. now they, we just, like, I just gave her the pressure to feel like she has to go yeah. and do the sensory activity. Which, no, you don't. Which you don't. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, I know stay-at-home moms, and oh, my gosh, I'm like, how do you do it? You know, especially when you have multiples, because, like, just me with three or four hours at night, and I'm like, I can't devote time to you. 
it's even more. Well, and I will say, with like depression being a stay-at-home mom, I'm sure you have to all meet other expectations. Like, yeah. you know, you have a marriage to take care of versus mm-hmm. like with me and Victor, it was just a clear fact that he's also working from home. Yeah. So when I'm fed up, you know that I'm taking that baby to his room and to his desk, and I'm like, your turn. <laughs> so it, it's hard whenever yeah. you are a stay-at-home mom and it's just your you. spouse is not yeah. there to it's force out. And so with you just saying, like, you have a babysitter, but she also has to clock out. Yeah. Or, and then maybe Jonathan has to work with him yeah. those times. Which he, so. he does. He also, like, uh, works from home at different times when the sitter is not there within our Mother's Day out. So, yeah, it's it's tough all the way around regardless of what you do. But, yeah, that's our, that's our mom guilt for the day. We're still doing the best we can. <laughs> and my kids have fun yeah. playing with uh, cups. Trash that I leave on the floor mm-hmm. when I'm opening my Amazon packages, mm-hmm. um, and I don't feel guilty about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh my gosh, so much playtime. We're about to go play some more right now. Lily's party. Let's go eat some cake, yes. and we will catch you guys again in the next episode. Make sure to follow us and hit subscribe. Yeah, thank you. We want you guys to be a part of the conversation by listening in, joining us on Instagram and Facebook at Moms Without Time, and be sure to send us a DM if you have any thoughts or questions. Head over to our website, momswithouttime.com, for more info and our everyday resources.